one pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here, goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to Mariners Pod, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here once again. This should be a fun one. What a series that was. The Mariners take two out of three from the Texas Rangers, and they do it in very impressive fashion. There is a lot to like about the game yesterday and really about the whole the series in general, but the last two games in particular. So we're going to break down the game yesterday. We'll have the highlights for you. There's lots of those coming. Plenty of post-game reaction as well. Team obviously pretty happy taking two of three against the team in the postseason, a division rival last year, and doing it on the road after losing the opener of the series. The offense explodes. We're going to talk about it all coming up, too, with one of our favorites, Nathan Bishop, is going to be here from Lookout Landing, lookoutlanding.com. Fantastic, great conversation coming up about the first three games of the series. Also, a sensational read coming up at the end from Dave Niehaus, and uh, these will be sprinkled in from time to time as we move through this year. And this is going to be the first of them. But, uh, yeah, great read from Dave Niehaus coming up at the very end of the podcast. Also, before we get to the highlights, a little business to take care of. I throw out this plea, I don't know, probably twice a year. I should probably do it more, but self-promotion is not always a strong point with me. But many of you have been listening to the podcast for a long time, and I certainly appreciate it. Many of you have been here since the beginning, and you really made this happen. And a big reason why is the listenership, the interaction, and, of course, the ratings as well. So when you go to iTunes and TuneIn and Stitcher, where the podcast lives in all places now, and, of course, on the website as well, Mariners.com. But the ratings really help, positive ratings, positive feedback that's really good stuff and really helpful for us as we continue to try and grow you've really helped this thing grow quite a bit here the last couple of years this is our third year of the mariners podcast hard to believe but uh but it continues to grow Uh, last year the most listened to podcast in major league baseball which is pretty exciting and i think that says more about you as listeners and fans and people that interact than it does about the job I'm doing. I, I give you all the credit in the world. But uh, when you go to the ratings and reviews, that, that stuff really helps. And, of, of course, I love the interaction as well, questions, comments, anytime, at Gary Hill Jr. And, of course, you can email GaryHillPXP at gmail.com. I have some projects I'm still working on for you as well, but we'll get to those as we move through the season. So – now that the business portion is taken care of, and again, I thank you for all of that and all that you do, let's get to the game yesterday. And that was a thriller. Mariners against the Rangers looking to take the series against Texas. And Robinson Cano, well, he didn't waste any time, did he? He got right to work in the first inning yesterday. The 1-1 pitch, swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in right center field. Chu going back to the 1-8 track to the wall, looks up. Goodbye baseball, he does it again. 
Three days in a row to start the year. Robinson Cano with another home run, his third of the season, in as many games to start the season. Holy smokes, it comes with Kyle Seeger aboard. Out to right center field, above and beyond the Ranger bullpen. And the Mariners jump out to a 2-0 lead over Texas. It's been the Cano Show. That's perfect. I think I'm going to name this podcast the Cano Show. But it has been the Cano Show. He has been unbelievable, smacking a home run there. The Mariners continue to play long ball. This time, the return to Texas against his former team, it had to feel pretty sweet. Here's a swing and a line drive deep to right field. Chu going back, looking up, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Martin with a line shot home run. It just cleared the wall in straightaway right field. Chu running out of room again. The Mariners' second home run already of the game. Holy smokes, their eighth of the season in three ball games. Unbelievable. So the Mariners take an early lead, but the Texas Rangers would fight back. They'd put a couple on the board in the second inning to slice the lead to three to two. Wade Miley, after giving up a couple, had really settled in and retired 11 in a row, was knocking down one hitter after another. Got into a jam, though, in the sixth inning. He ended up hanging a pitch to Prince Fielder, who whacked it, and he hits a three-run home run. So at that point, the Texas Rangers, with five runs on the board, a 5-3 to three lead. In the seventh inning, though, the Mariners would take one run back. Pitch. Outside ball four and walks in a run. And the Mariners trail it by just one. A 97-mile-an-hour burst of flames missing wide. And the Mariners... Now trail it by a score of 5-4 to four as Sardinius trots down the chalk and scores from third base. I think that at bat by Robinson Cano uh, really points out the kind of hitter he is. A guy that has been in such a groove, had already hit a home run in the game, yet shows that patience with the bases loaded to draw a bases loaded walk and drives in a run. That is not easy to do impressive I mean, he's been impressive all the way around but that to me is as impressive as any of the home runs so Cano draws a walk the Mariners get one more back in the seventh inning but Texas able to hang a zero on the board in the eighth and they turn it over to their closer in the ninth inning and the ninth it was really special for the Mariners it was one great at bat after another in the ninth inning uh, Mariners battling, taking pitches, uh, getting the bat on the ball, and eventually it led to the Mariners tying the score in the ninth inning. The pitch swung on. Line drive, left field line, a fair ball. Here comes Aoki running third. He will score the ball. Bobbled down the left field line. Finally picked up by Ruggiano around to third with a turn. Now back to the bag. With a dive goes Marte in at second base. Martin with an RBI double here in the top of the ninth inning. And the Mariners have tied this game at 5-5. Five to five. Everyone gets credit in the ninth inning. Aoki comes in off the bench, picks up a base hit to lead things off, a single to right center. Marte just puts the bat on the ball with two strikes and dumps it into left field. You know, sometimes making contact really pays off, and it did. And then he heard the double there by Martin to score uh, one and then puts Marte at third. And that brought up, uh, brought up Kyle Seeger, who, again, a great at bat. 
And that paid dividends big time for the Mariners. 3-2 on the way, swinging a line shot right past Tollison into center field. Here comes Marte on the score. Martin rolling third, heading home. The throw to the plate, not in time. Martin scores, standing up. Marte scores in front of him. Kyle Seeger with a two-run single. And the Mariners now lead the Rangers 7-5. Would you believe it here in the top of the ninth inning? What an at-bat for Kyle. It was a great at-bat. And then Robinson Cano with the cherry on top. The pitch to Cano. Swing and a drive into the gap. Deep right center field. Going back, Desmond looking up. Goodbye baseball! Holy smokes, Cano! Don't you know? Does it again! His second home run of the ball game. His fourth home run of this opening three-game series. Four home runs for Robbie Cano, a two-run drive this time, and the Mariners now lead the Rangers 9-5. to five. Unbelievable. A huge ninth inning. Tolleson gets chased, gives up five runs without recording an out. Very similar to the day before against Tom Wilhelms, and the Mariners close it down in the ninth inning. The 0-1 to Holiday swing and a pop-up into shallow left center field. Coming in is Martin and Sardinius. Martin is there, and he makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners come from behind and win it this afternoon, 9-5 over the Texas Rangers here in Arlington. And the Mariners take the opening three-game series, two games to one. There it is. The Mariners get the win over the Rangers, 9-5. They pound out 14 hits along the way. Robinson Cano. Two for five, two long balls, five ribbies, drew that walk, scored a couple of runs, a monster start to the season. Every hit he's had has left the ballpark so far this year. Four home runs on the season. And just turn back the clock a little bit. Think about last year. We talked about it on the podcast a little bit yesterday, but just as a reminder about some dates, his fourth home run last season came on June 26th. He had his first one April 14th. His next one May 30th. His third home run June 22nd. His fourth June 26th. He went injured July with four home runs last year. This year with four through three games. Robinson Cano absolutely blazing hot. And it's funny when you look at the overall home run leaders, and I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about teams. If Robinson Cano were considered a team, he'd be tied for eighth in Major League Baseball with four home runs. The Rockies have ten, the Mariners nine, Giants, Rays with six, Red Sox, Tigers, Blue Jays with five, Cano's tied with the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Astros, and Yankees. There are still the Padres, Pirates, A's, Angels, and Royals haven't hit a home run yet this year. Cano has more home runs this year than the Padres, Pirates, A's, Angels, Royals, Rangers, Mets, Twins, Marlins, Reds, Baltimore, Nationals, Cardinals, Phillies, Dodgers, Cleveland, White Sox, Braves, and the Brewers. He's got the long ball going. Big home runs for Robinson Cano. We'll talk about him more coming up with Nathan, uh, Nathan Bishop in a few minutes. But unbelievable start for Robinson Cano. Here's what he had to say after the game. 
It's a good series. I mean, not, 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 not only because the way I ended up swinging the bat, but the ways we ended up coming back, especially on that game, and be able to win the series. What was the ninth inning like for you guys in the dugout and stuff? You get guys on like well, that's an exciting nine inning. I mean, but I know I know we're the kind of team, you know, it's been training with each other um, down by five, six runs, and then come back. And uh, I mean, we're the team that can compete with anyone, and that, that's what you learn early in the season. Now, now they'll tell us what kind of team we are. And, but we still got to, uh, you know, take it anyway you can early in the game, late in the game, whatever it is. Hey, Rob, you talk about this. Um, the lineup's longer this year. You have guys at the bottom and at the top. It's not just the middle this year. Well, we, we uh, you know, I, I was, I remember who I was talking early in the game. Uh, the, the, we got like three lead off. You got Marte, you got Leonis, you got Aoki. Aoki didn't play today, you got Leonis leading off. I mean, you, 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 got, you got a deep line on now. It's not that like if you miss your, if you give the day off to your lead off guy, you have to find a guy. I mean, you have guys now that can run. We got defense in the, in the outfield, something that we didn't have last year. And uh, when you get speed in the outfield, you're going to have better defense. And that's how we're playing all around. I mean, the pitching, we're pitching good, and uh, we're playing good defense. And, you know, those, 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 those are the team that I think we are. Okay? You just got to keep fighting every single day. The, the home runs, are you just getting pitches and not missing them? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the, I've, been, I've, been, I've been taking advantage of those pitches right right in the middle of the play, especially the, the last about was a changer. And the one early two was a changer. And, uh, you know, I've been working with Edgar since been training, and that's the goal. Just be able to use the whole field and then looking for a pitch, not give away a bat. Well, blazing start, especially with the long ball for Robinson Cano. Here's what Kyle Seeger, his teammate, had to say about his start. Not a bad start. It's pretty. It's pretty good. So, I mean, he's he's special. You know, it's been pretty. Uh, it's been pretty fun watching him. What have you seen from him this spring? He's healthy. I mean, he was, he wasn't really healthy last year. He didn't, you know, he didn't talk about it. He didn't share it. But I mean, you can see the way his the way his body's working, how explosive he is. I mean, he, he looks really good. You always want to come out of the gates hot. You want to come out of the gates swinging the bats. Well, we've seen a little bit of everything. We've seen the bullpen come in and do well. We've seen some good starting pitching, but the offense as well. What does that do for you guys to put one series behind you, series win, and really have everybody have some success? Yeah, you know, it's good to have a little success to get the season going. It, you know, definitely, uh, you know, makes it a little bit better. makes it a little easier. Everybody can kind of settle in and, you know, play their game as opposed to if you get off to a slow start, you kind of stress a little bit and press. Lastly, what are you looking forward to in getting home and getting back to Safeco Field? Uh, you know, definitely looking forward to getting to Safeco Field, looking forward to uh, going home and seeing uh, Julian the Little Man. So I think everybody just getting moved in and, um, you know, enjoying that crowd. And that will be happening on Friday, home opener for the Mariners this weekend, taking on the A's. We're going to talk about the A's and the home opener more on the podcast tomorrow, but make your plans to be at the ballpark this weekend. It should be a lot of fun as the Mariners Ride some big mo back to Seattle. How about the skipper? Here's what Scott Service had to say after the ball game. It's fun to watch when, the, when it's, it's all coming together. With you know, Marte gets three knocks. I think today Leonis at the top and then sets it up for the you know the, the middle of our lineup to do the damage uh, they can do. A lot of opportunities to score. Really nice job offensively. The key of the game for me is, is really the bullpen. You know, keeping us right there. Uh, and Wade Miley after the home run coming right back and, and striking out the side after that so uh, uh, pitching you know uh, a crazy game you don't know what's going to happen you just hang in there hang in there and you know, it, was, it was a fun one your three hitter oh, no. yeah he's in a good spot 
I think I've said that a few times this spring. <laughs> yeah, Robbie looks great. Uh, you know, did bad against Deakman. It seems like nothing's, you know, he's seeing the ball really, really good. Can you take us through the ninth inning? You mentioned Marte and Martini guys coming through and getting on, but to butt, not button that situation, kind of what was your thinking? Well, I'm not going to really, you know, when I had first and second, you know, thought about button, took it off and get back on, and, you know, we, we were able to execute, and, you know, we got a few breaks. I know that's real, those balls weren't scores, but they were hitting the right spot, and sometimes that's what you need to win big games in the road. The discipline of Robbie, you know, Deakman is a guy that will walk you to, to not give in and not get greedy in that situation. How big was that? Oh, really big, you know. Uh, you know, he got behind 3-0, took a couple pitches there, and then, you know, I don't know how close from where we are that 3-2 pitch was, but, uh, you know, it's big, gets us to run closer. Uh, but, you know, Ioki with a really bad sore leg coming in and, and pinch hitting, uh, big knock leading off the ninth, and it kind of got everything going from there. Seager's a bat there, down 1-2, and kind of worked his way back. That was key, you know, because if he doesn't get him in there, you kind of see where it's headed. They'd probably put Robbie on and, and go pitch to, to Nelly, which is fine, but that's probably where it's headed. So, um, really clutch. You know, Kyle's been around. He's a good player, and he handled the situation really well. Martin coming back. I mean, it's tough sometimes to come back to play your old team. And, uh, pretty good series. Great series. Yeah, really good for him, uh, getting off to a good start. You know, a tough first two lefties, you know, the first two nights in here are both tough, but uh, nice to see him get some momentum going. And, uh, you know, Marte, too, even though he didn't sting the ball today, got found a few holes and get his confidence going. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, the approach and the at-bats, the plate appearances were just excellent, especially the last two ball games. Six walks for the Mariners. That's a that's a good number. Seth Smith drew three of them. Seager drew a couple of them. It was just really grind them out plate appearances and at-bats for the Mariners. And then it gets, I think, kind of overlooked. The bullpen was ridiculous in the first three games. And it's funny because I talked about heading in how much I re, uh, how much I think of the Rangers bullpen, even though not a lot of household names, but a lot of big arms down there, and they will be effective as we move through the season. They have some question marks with the Mariners bullpen, but you compare the numbers side by side from this three-game series, the Rangers pen eight innings pitched, seventeen hits, fourteen runs. Three walks, six strikeouts, an ERA of 15.75. The Mariners' pen, nine innings, one hit, no runs, five walks, 14 strikeouts, a 0.00 ERA. And you think about it because you look at the final score from the last two ball games of the series, and it looks somewhat lopsided, but you got to think back when the bullpen entered the game in both circumstances, they were close games. And yesterday, the Mariners on the losing end of things at the time when the bullpen entered. So those were key innings that the bullpen pitched. If they give up runs in either circumstance, the games may end up looking very different. But they didn't. They pitched well. Everyone that came out of the bullpen has pitched well so far. And zeros on the board, just one hit in nine innings. And that is a good sign moving forward for the Mariners. Fun stuff, no doubt about it. Something that I think Mariners fans should really enjoy from the first three games of the season, taking two of three from the Rangers on the road. That is a great start, especially when it feels like there's some building blocks to move forward with, with what happened offensively and on the mound in the first three games. Now it's time for the Oakland A's on Friday. Taiwan Walker on the hill. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit more 
coming up tomorrow. But right now, we're going to talk more about this series and what a series it was with Nathan Bishop. Well, here we go. A lot to talk about here, and very happy to have Nathan Bishop on with us. You know him, of course, lookoutlanding.com, at lookoutlanding on Twitter. Nathan, thanks so much for taking the time, especially uh, last minute here. Really appreciate it. And what should be a very fun conversation. Heck yeah, Gary. I am thrilled to be here, man. I feel like I just uh, took down five Red Bulls about two hours ago. <laughs> I'm still just buzzing from the last two games. Well, it's it's one of the things I love about baseball. I'm a, I'm a big picture guy. I'm a not too high, not too low kind of guy as you move through the season, the grind of it all. At the same time, I love the moments, whether it's just one pitch or one at bat or one game or a series of games. In this, in this case, a series where as a baseball fan, and I hope Meredith fans are doing this, just sit back and really enjoy what was an incredible series, especially to start a season. There was a lot to like about this series win for the Mariners. Oh, man, just so you're exactly right, too. I think being a, a fan of baseball is about letting yourself emotionally enjoy the moment while making sure that your brain knows that this isn't the end of the world. Uh, it's not going to make or break on any one moment. But you've got to be able, especially at the beginning of the season for the first series, to be able to just step back and just not only is baseball back, but the Mariners look healthy. They look mm -hmm. dangerous. What an amazing series for Robinson Cano. I mean, that that's the most obvious talking point, right? No doubt about that. And I think a lot of us were very optimistic about Cano this season. Uh, heck, on your site, and we talked to David Skibber the other day, he was predicting Robinson Cano as the MVP. But even all that being said, I don't think any of us were expecting this kind of start. I, you're not going to. No one's going to expect four home runs in the first three games, but you can see this coming. I mean, this is a guy, he's he's a proud man. He's had a ton of success in Major League Baseball. He had never, ever struggled the way that he did in the first half of last year. And for him to tough it out, and the more that you talk to people around the team and around the game, for him to play so much last year with a double hernia and to do it and also hit, he hit 330 in the second half of last year, to do that and and then you could tell going into this offseason, he got healthy. And I don't know um, how much the Andy Van Slyke comments drove him, but you can tell that that definitely had some effect to motivate him. And all spring long, he has just looked absolutely locked in. He's looked like the Robinson Cano that we spent so many years watching in New York. And now I, I just I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Uh, I know that this probably means a lot for him, but also I'm just so happy to be able to watch this guy that this is the guy that we've been waiting to see you know even in his good first year in 2014 he got off to a slow start so it's just uh it's just thrilling and they, they've not just been home runs they've been huge meaningful home runs too yeah and you look at how the lineup sets up with uh, Seager in front of him and Cruz behind him and especially against righties I saw Manny Atka after the game <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. out how difficult this team is going to be against righties in particular and boy is that true how this lineup lays out it really is. And, you know, they've got switch hitters now uh, with Sardinas and Marte. They've got a tough out at the top of the order with Aoki. They've got Adam Lind, who's uh, spent his entire career pounding right-handed pitching. And it's really going to be a tough one through nine for the most part, especially if Leonis Martin can 
be around a league average bat and he's off to a good start so far this year and uh yeah i I don't think you know it kind of got lost in the shuffle at the end of last year but the mariner offense really especially the last half of the season was one of the better offenses in the american league and uh it was we were kind of hoping that was the kind of thing that was going to transition and especially against right-handed pitching i think they're going to be they're not going to be upper echelon they're not the blue jays you know they're not one of the very best but in safeco field you don't expect the very best and I think you're going to see a team that's going to consistently put pressure on uh, the other team, especially the way they've shown the ability to work the count and just grind through pitchers. And especially, I mean, this is what you want to do. You get to a bullpen and they have been feasting on bullpen pitching the last two days. Yeah, you mentioned Safeco Field. And I feel like when you look at this lineup up and down, first of all, it's deeper than it's been in a long time. And secondly, I feel like this is a team that's more suitable for Safeco Field. And we saw a little bit of the speed element today with Martin and Aoki and Marte as well. And, you know, just some of the contact being made, sometimes just putting the ball in play is all it takes. And we saw that a couple of times as well. But this is a team, I think, more built for Safeco Field than we've seen in the last few years. I agree, and, and I would never want to predict the success for them that they uh, that the best Mariner teams of the Safeco era had back in 2000 to 2002, but this is that kind of team, that kind of athletic team that can go gap to gap, that when the ball gets put into play, when they're on defense, you see guys running all over the field. I've already just the little bit that we've seen in the first series, a ball gets hit to center field and my, my heart kind of skips a beat. And then before you know it, there's Leonis Martin just mm-hmm. effortlessly gliding towards the ball. And I'm saying just a silent prayer of thanks for the acquisition of him, regardless of how he hits. And this is the kind of team that, you know, th- those were the Mariner teams of the early 2000s. They they didn't necessarily hit a lot of home runs. They hit some, but you had great defense. You had John Olerud picking it at first. Mm-hmm. You had Mike Cameron in center. You had, um, you had really rainy at each row and right and rangy left fielders and they just picked the ball and they they had enough athleticism and enough speed that the dimensions of Safeco Field weren't going to keep them from being a complete team and I think that that's what this the idea of this roster is and it is like you said much more suited to Safeco Field that's why I think the first game of the season is a little bit of an anomaly as the defense you know, let them down in that ball game a couple errors in one inning that's not something I expect to see all that often this year Absolutely not. And, you know, Marte's defense is a little bit less of a known quantity. Right. But uh, for Kyle Seeger to make an error like that, this guy is one of the best defensive third basemen in, in the American League. So this is not the kind of thing you're going to see. You also don't expect to see Felix walk five and hit a guy. And, uh, you know, his stuff was still good, too. So that first loss felt fluky. You could probably say to some extent, you know, hitting so many home runs and scoring so many runs in the uh, eighth and ninth inning the last two days is a little fluky too. But hey, the Mariners have caught the bad end of that uh, coin flip um, (laughs) many times over the past years. So I'm more than happy to see it uh, uh, land our way a couple times. No doubt about that. So it's funny. I think you could make an argument, although it sounds crazy, that maybe Cano isn't even the most important story for the Mariners moving forward out of this first series. And perhaps... It's the bullpen that that kind of gets uh, lost a little bit in all the offensive fireworks. But how about nine innings of one-hit ball from the bullpen in this three-game series? That's just impressive. huge, just huge, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think whenever when we were looking at this team in the preseason, in spring training, it, we kind of felt we felt pretty comfortable with the offense. We feel, for the most part, really good about the rotation depth. The big question mark has been 
what is this bullpen, bullpen going to be? Because we all know in 2014, the Mariners had one of the best bullpens in baseball, and then they kept everybody over, and then they had one of the worst bullpens in baseball last year because that's the way the relief pitching is. It's weird. We're dealing with small sample sizes, guys who, whose whole season is built on you know 40 innings scattered throughout 162 games. So a lot of these guys are brand new to us. A lot of these guys are from the National league so most fans won't even have really seen them before and uh, I could not be more thrilled with how it's gone it's just been fantastic um, Nick Vincent who we just got from San Diego has looked really sharp the last two days uh, Steve Ciszek looked great today in his first outing and uh, you know there's been some control issues they've walked more guys than you would like mm-hmm. but if this is generally speaking the kind of performance they're going to be getting it's going to go a long ways towards answering one of the big question marks of the roster right now it's so funny because I went into the series talking about how underrated. I still think that. That hasn't changed my mind. Underrated the Rangers bullpen is. They have a lot of big arms down there. I agree. But question marks about the Mariners bullpen. At the same time, you look at the numbers coming out of this series. It's jaw-dropping, the comparison <laughs> between the two. It really, yeah. And and this is, you know, the fluky stat stuff that you get out of three games. Right, I mean, right. uh, we always, you know, whenever we're on Twitter or on the broadcast, as soon as a guy hits a home run on opening day, he's on pace for 162 <laughs> home runs. I mean, that's one of the oldest and most tired jokes in baseball. So, you know, it's three games. Um, it doesn't say anything definitive about what this team is. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to see them play in Safeco yeah. this end of this week and into next week and uh we we really i mean we're trying to enjoy the game at a time but man we just we really want to get you know a month or two of the season under ourselves to start to figure out what these trends are going to be because i gary i agree with you i think the rangers have a fine bullpen and i don't expect them to pitch like this um but you know i expected the mariners to have a fine bullpen last year based on 2014 and look how that turned out so bullpens are really one of the flukiest and most difficult to predict things in baseball it really is and part of it and this can be a positive or a negative i mean one or two guys can have such a giant impact in a bullpen that's why i look at the mariners and you know a guy like vincent or montgomery uh, if he pitches anywhere close to where he was the the first uh, his first outing it's funny how much a guy or two can make an impact in a bullpen in, in terms of stabilizing a pen yeah and we had a a writer on staff named brendan golowski who um because mike montgomery was out of options coming into this year and brendan just pointed out you know this guy's a first round draft pick he's a former you know top 20 40 prospect in the game uh, let's try him out in the bullpen he doesn't have a spot on the rotation let's try this before we just cut him away and, and let some other team pick him up and with the injury to charlie Frobush, it made a lot of sense to give him a shot out there and it's one appearance we wrote about it uh i think on tuesday yesterday um yeah uh about mike montgomery but he his he looks great he's got that little velocity bump that guys tend to get when they go from starting to relieving he was about 94 to 95 which is good velocity from the left side and he was just throwing daggers uh and if he can approximate what the mariners got out of charlie furbush who was the one reliever along with carson smith that they had that really you know carried the water for them it's going to be a huge deal for them and you're right these guys 
bullpen guys love roles. They love knowing what to expect when they come to the game. And, w- and when one guy starts to falter, it kind of leads to a cascade effect of guys not knowing where they fit, when they're going to pitch. And we'd love to say in the stack community that that shouldn't matter, but Hey, these guys are human beings. You know, they have mental routines, they have expectations. And when that stuff gets thrown off, you get them at their less than peak performance and uh, it doesn't take much. So it, you really hope to get those, those, um, those roles locked down early in the season. We haven't had a chance to talk yet this year. So what, how do you, how does the division shape up for you? Well, uh, it's easy to say right now that I think the Astros look good and the Rangers <laughs> look okay and the right. Mariners look pretty good. But, yeah. you know, honestly, coming into the year, I, I feel, I felt like the, uh, if you were going to ask me to use last year's performance to, to go forward and what I thought was going to happen this year, I thought the Astros were for real. I still think that they are. That team has so much young talent. Carlos Correa, just he looks – I see just 1996 Alex Rodriguez I when I watch that I kid know. play. I mean, it's just – he's a phenom. Um, he's Mike Trout playing shortstop. God help us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that team's for real. Uh, they're going to need their starting pitching to hold on. I do think the Rangers played over their head for a little while uh, last year. I all credit to them with all the injuries they had to win the division, but I don't expect them to be as good this year. I think the A's will be a bit better just because uh, I think they kind of played under their talent level last year. And, you know, I, I'm not a big Angels fan. If there's one rival that we have that I kind of selfishly root for losing, even when they're not uh, playing the Mariners, it's the Angels. But I really think that that – roster is going to really struggle to score runs around Albert Pujols and Mike Trout and outside of uh, outside of Garrett Richards their starting pitching just looks really bad so if I had to pick it going into the season I thought Houston Seattle Texas Oakland and uh, and LAA but uh, we'll see we got a long ways to go and finally heading into this uh, three-game weekend series against the A's what do you expect to see this weekend on through, I, you know, Gary, if, if the Mariners are going to be good this year, and I mean, we're at the point now where, I mean, we want the playoff. We need the playoffs in Safeco Field in October. I mean, this is what we need. And if that's going to happen, you think common sense says one of the things we're going to see is a breakout performance from Taiwan Walker. We saw a great second half from him last yeah. year. His strikeout to walk ratio was among the best in the American League in the second half. And he's uh, just now at 23. You're hoping to see that bump, that consistency. And his first start is on Friday night in the home opener. And so that's that's the big thing that I'm really excited to watch is, is can Taiwan Walker step up and become, you know, a number three behind uh, Felix and Iwakuma to really like lock in this rotation, make it one of the best in the American League, because it has the ability to be that. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'm obviously excited to see Nate Carnes make his Mariner debut, and, and I'm personally going to go on Sunday to watch uh, Felix pitch, because he can't miss the Fritz, Fritz Kings quarter of the season. Fantastic. I well, hope to see you there. I would love that. That would be great. I, I'll definitely try to seek you out and say hi. Nathan Bishop, you know LookoutLanding.com. That's a must-visit, at LookoutLanding uh, on Twitter must follow and you guys have a podcast going too right we do yeah we're recording tomorrow night with uh a friend of yours named shannon dreyer she's going to be kind enough to join us but we'll make sure we'll have to have you on sometime you can chat with us i'd love it Uh, i I mean i have you guys on all the time so i feel like i really i I must pay that back at some point so well thanks, thanks for the time appreciate it gary it's always my pleasure man thank you so much for having me on It breaks your heart. It's designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything else begins again. 
and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings, and then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. You count on it, rely on it to buffer the passage of time, to keep the memory of sunshine and high skies alive. And then just when the days are all twilight, when you need it most, it stops. Today, October the 2nd, a Sunday of rain and broken branches and leaf-clogged drains and slick streets, it stopped. And summer was gone. Somehow, the summer seemed to slip by faster this time. Maybe it wasn't this summer, but all the summers that, in this my 40th summer, slipped by so fast. There comes a time when every summer will have something of autumn about it. Whatever the reason, it seemed to me that I was investing more and more in baseball, making the game do more of the work that keeps time fat and slow and lazy. I was counting on the game's deep patterns, three strikes, three outs, three times three innings, and its deepest impulse to go out and back, to leave and to return home, to set the order of the day and to organize the daylight. I wrote a few things this last summer, this summer, that did not last, nothing grand, but some things, and yet that work was just camouflage. The real activity was done with the radio, not the all-seeing, all-falsifying television, and was the playing of the game in the only place it will last, the enclosed green field of the mind. There in that warm, bright place, what the old poet called mutability does not so quickly come. See you later!